refrain from being lame. Say it like you mean it. Get up off your feet like it's the first time you've seen it. Music is my beat. Let nothing come between us. Can't no one do it better. It's the return of forever. Welcome back to the Popular Demand Podcast. I'm your host, Jay. With me today, I have my always loyal co-host. I have Cord with me. What's up, Cord? Man, what y'all been up to? You know what it is. Keep that 40 on me like I'm Zubat. I got the homie DeLon with us today. What's up, DeLon? Assalamu alaikum, brother Jordan. Happy birthday, Meg The Stallion. We appreciate you. Yes, and we have all the assets. Detroit and all your assets. <laughs> <laughs> Energy. <laughs> and we... And we have the Detroit native with us. We have none other than John. What's up, John? What's good? What's good? And you know what we do. We give our takes on basketball, music, and everything in between. This is episode 88 of the Popular Demand Podcast. No announcements other than to make sure you check out the PopularDemandPod.com website where we have a lot of great music and basketball articles written by members of the podcasting as well as some affiliates. Uh, also, make sure you ch- follow us at Podcast Demand. And talk to us on Twitter. We have a lot of interesting conversations on it in terms of music, basketball, and we would also love you sent us questions and topics that you might want us to discuss on the podcast. Make sure you do that. And if you have not already, give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. We we'll greatly appreciate that. But all right, other than that, that's that's all we got for the show. So let's go ahead and jump into the first topic. So this week, uh, I think we hit the five-year anniversary. If you're reading this, it's too late. And while it was a lot, it was a joyous, a joyous commemoration for a lot of us, like me and Tabor's reminiscing about how, where we were the first time we heard that album. And a lot of people talking about the first place they were when they heard the album, how great it was, their favorite songs, their favorite features. And while while a lot of people were celebrating, there was one person left out in the cold. Literally, he was outside in the cold, (laughs) reflecting negatively on this album. I'm talking about none other than Quentin Miller, the alleged ghostwriter who was behind. If you're reading this, it's too late. And what he got on, was it, I don't even know, was he on Instagram, Snapchat? I don't Instagram. know. He was, on. he was on Instagram Live. He was on Instagram Live and he was talking about how nobody works with him. He's pretty, his, career, his career has been pretty much shot since the whole debacle where Meat Mill exposed him as Drake's alleged ghostwriter and talks about how he can no longer get work because of that whole situation because people think that he gave up all the information about him being a ghost rider so Drake's people don't mess with him anymore Meek's people don't mess with him anymore and pretty much nobody in the industry is willing to work with somebody who calls that situation and Quinn goes on to call out Meek Mill calling him Meek Mandela y'all buying that bullshit he's not who y'all think he is he's not that girl in the words of court yo <laughs> he really ain't it's really sad watching this because now Meek Mill and Drake have made up. Their careers are it's bigger than they even were at that moment. And DJ Drama, who's also somewhere tied into this whole mess, he's he's going to pretty much unscathed. He's going to completely unscathed. I forgot he was even evolving until, Core, you brought it up to me. So my first question is this. Who are the real villains in this whole case in terms of what happened to Quentin Miller? Who's the biggest villain here? Meek Mill. Facts. Eh, I think Meek is a villain. Drama's a villain. Drake is a villain. All them niggas is a villain. Because when the whole beat was happening, I was following QM because I liked a couple of his songs, like a couple of his tapes. Uh, He was Drake sending shots unnecessarily. Some shots that he interpreted shots at him that I really didn't, but some that were. And, you know, Drake really didn't need to ice him out the way he did. I mean, nobody shows that new love at all. And I don't know if that gets a little stipend. You just get a little stipend. I don't know what I'm going to say NBA cost, but man. I'm going to say this. In terms of like Drake, and you're saying that you're kind of surprised how Drake responded. I'm not kind of surprised because the fact is I'm not at all. When, when that happened to Drake, his public reputation was on the line. His, the, the way we perceive him is not only an MC, but as a person was put into question after that QM debacle. And he had no clue who could have told people who could have started those rumors about him writing other than the writer himself, QM. 
So I don't fault Drake, but I do fault Meek Mill and DJ Drama, who both tried to use QN's relationship with Drake as a tool to take down Drake. So it makes sense from it makes sense for me for Drake to respond the way he did. But for me, it makes zero sense for those guys to go out their way to ruin the business ties that Quinn Miller had made. Corey, what do you think about this? Man, I want to say this. You remember the conversation. Like, you remember back in the... You remember around the time we used to have this conversation a lot. And even though I think that, you know, DJ Drummer did a lot of filth, I don't necessarily blame him all the way. Because he from Philly, me from Philly... And his relationship with Meek was gonna always be closer than Drake, and I think it was one. I th- I'm gonna say I think it was one of them things where Meek was, can I say insecure? Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I think he was a little insecure about the Drake thing. Drake, the biggest artist in the world, Meek was with Nicki. He's selling 200k. I think he wanted the number one spot, and DJ Drama was the only person he knew that had the reference tracks. So you got to constantly come on, Bridget. Let me get it. Let me get it. Let me get it. Let me get it. And obviously, DJ Drama goes choose Meek over Drake. 10 times out of 10. But the reason why I'm still kind of mad at Drake is because I think that... Okay, I'm going to put it this way. Meek is your enemy. If you and Meek got beef, he going to do everything he can to defeat you, right? Yeah. And if we going off of what Drake said, he said, Quinn Miller, not my ghostwriter. We are two individual artists that collaborated on something. That's my team. He part of my team. I rock with him. I do this, then the third. This was a genuine, you know, it's like a gen- genuine, like artistic relationship. This, then the third. That, that's if that true. was, if that was true, why would you toss him to the side when everything comes out in the open? That that's ain't nothing that you true. do to somebody. That ain't nothing you do to somebody you rock with. That's what you do to an employee. That's what you do to a disposable asset. He want to do that to forty, which he you know, he's Which he didn't do to forty in the whole Shatee debacle. So yeah, you're right. So the fact that he threw, the fact that he threw Quinn out like that, because you remember I used to test the boys all the time. I was like, bro, that's all the proof I need. When or like Quinn, like Quinn, like they threw, like they threw him to the wolves, basically. Like then all that time went by. Drake wasn't working with him. Meek jumped him in the Nike store. Don't know about like, he like okay, did y'all see his interview on Everyday Struggle, right? Y'all seen it? I did not. I saw bits of it. He straight up said that it's artists that he used to be cool with. They tell him, like, we can't we can't do music with you. We can't rock with you. We can't be around you in public because we don't want Drake to feel like we going against him. Mm-hmm. Or we don't want me to feel like we going against him. So when you got two of the like two of like top five biggest artists in hip hop, and they looking at you like, oh, you in our way. If you get any bigger, we lose credibility. They both gonna want you gone. It's like it's like two big time politicians going after like a like a writer or something. So his entire career, he ain't gonna, like he ain't gonna never get the shine he truly deserves because neither want him to get bigger than what he is. And I, I think tr- another villain that we kind of missing it is. He said, "What?" I was about to say this. I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna, matter of fact, I'm gonna let you go and finish. Who's who's the other villain? And Nicky, man. Why? Why Nicky? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Have y'all ever heard the story about why Quinn Miller got jumped at the Nike store? No, I actually haven't. I just thought it was just you yeah. Know. He said allegedly. I thought allegedly in there. They said, "Hey, Meek Quinn in the Nike store. Let's go in there and record him and press him to say." That he wrote for Drake. So they run in the store. Hey, camera in his face. Say you wrote for Drake. This, that, and the third. Nah, man, I ain't do that. We just made music together. And so the dudes go back in the truck. And they tell Meek, he ain't say it. And Meek like, all right, bro, let's go. And then Nikki, who was there with him, was like, you go let him leave? You gonna let him disrespect <laughs> you like that? This, <laughs> that, And so they ran back in the store and jumped him. And at the time... I thought that was ridiculous. I didn't really believe it. But if you look at, you know, the past couple weeks, and we saw the altercation, you see, you see, you won't go in there with this, you know, you see what we had in the store. We'll shoot you right now. We got a hundred shooters outside. We ain't walking out of here. You walking out of here. Who casually walks around with hundred shooters? Nikki. I don't even think, like, think the president has a has hundred shooters. Like, niggas be going to win Dixie with a hundred shooters outside. Like, come on now. Bro, they'll, hey, they'll let a, you know it's like five. Yeah. 
So I ain't saying that it's her fault for the entire beef. I'm just saying I think that these are so I take it back. It's not two. These are three superstars. They all looked at Quinn Miller in an unfavorable light because his existence, yes, I'm saying this, his existence was a threat to their credibility. That's what I truly think. I'm gonna say this too. Uh, I was about to bring up. I was trying to defend Drake. You know, just kind of feel like I had to in this situation. It's hard. I don't, it's hard. Because it's hard. But I mean, the situ at the same thing, he was a victim in this situation himself. With you know, he did drama and Meek Mill coming at him. He, yeah, I mean, he was just making music is, and then people pointed to him. But there's no reason that nigga Quentin Miller need to be working in Publix after that. There's no hey, reason. No, that right. man, there's no reason that man. His biggest look since that was a Trey the Truth feature, like the year after. And exactly. That nigga, and not for lack of trying, because that nigga was getting. He was on a couple festivals. He was on South by Southwest, and then unfortunately he lost his leg in a car accident. But yeah. especially after that, mm. especially after that, don't get me started on the car accident. But especially after that, there's no reason that man da, da, da. Should, should not be getting some check bigger than a royalty check from. Um, the couple songs that he is credited for, which I think is and three. If this is, and if this is Drake artistic soul man, like he said he was, you want to throw him to the wolves like that. That's my main and issue. You can't say somebody's yeah. man is it and you do that off a of rumor. We ain't got proof of it. Yeah. Oh, we kind of do. Good. And that's, and that's what I was, I was about to say. I was about to bring that up. I was about to bring that up, Corey, because I said I was going to try to defend Drake, but then after you brought the excellent point of that how Quentin Mills pretty much left in the cold and how he yeah. said that it seems that and Quinn Mills himself has said that people have said, I can't work with you because of how Drake sees you. That's ter that's a terrible optic for somebody when you say it. Hey, this guy wasn't a ghostwriter. He was just a friend of mine. So if that was all true, you wouldn't have let things get to the way it did. So it, it is disheartening to see on Drake's part as well as Meek and as well as DJ Drama. And apparently Nicki Minaj, allegedly. too. That they all teamed up on this one. Allegedly. Moment. Yeah, allegedly. Allegedly. This has not been proved in the court of law. <laughs> that's fact. Yeah, it's not as funny. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> not, but you know, know the saddest part about it to me, though. You know the saddest part about it to me, though. When you What's look that? at it, it's not. I, remember, I really like the project, and I remember at the time I said, "Bro, I feel like Drake really." I, I, I was like, "Bro, Drake got it. He got one. I can't hate on it. This is super hard." But I, the reason why I feel sorry for Quinn Miller is every project that he's dropped by himself. A lot, like a lot of Drake fans, I look at it like, well. It's still not good. It's not this. It's not that. And I'm not saying it's the best music in the world, but if you if you read crown and achievement in his career, it's sad that he can't publicly come out and claim that as an artist. When people having five yeah. year, six year, ten year, twenty year anniversaries about a project like this is a project that changed my life, and you can't publicly come out and say I was a part of it, they got hurt. Yeah, they really do. And I'll say this. I'll say this, I don't think Quinn Miller had a career in terms of being an artist, like an artist on his own, like rapper slash singer, whatever you want to call him. I don't think he had a career in that because listen to his music. It, the charisma, the, the the technicality as far as being a rapper, it wasn't all there. But it's clear that he has an ear for good music, as we saw in If You're Reading This Is Too Late. And he could have had a career continuing doing whatever he did on If You're Reading This Too Late. We don't know exactly what he did, but we only can allege what he did. If he was able to make a career out of doing that, he could have been big in music. He could have been that's big. If, that had been, if that stuff never happened, you'd have had multiple people calling Q. They said Meek Mill called Quentin Miller after that album. He got mad because Quentin yeah. Miller wouldn't work with him. See what I'm saying? I think Quentin Miller, his personal music isn't the best, but I think he does great features. I've heard a couple features. He could have had a very Kevin McCall type career. Oh, uh, he writes, mm -hmm. produces a little bit, and does a feature here and there. But now that's out the window, and that's unfortunate. Yeah. What were What were your favorite songs off your reading? This is too late. Ooh, I'm gonna take. Oh, Jungle. Jungle, jungle my, yes, sir. Jungle. Uh, that's, that's my jungle. top five Drake's right there. Yes, sir. Jungle. I'm not even a big fan of. I'm not even a, like a typical fan of R&B Drake, but I love Jungle. Yeah. It's a great it's track. So it's a great it's so track. Good. Uh, I shed a tear listening I'm to Jungle. To, Listen, know yourself. I listen to that a lot. I guess, you know, it's typical. Yeah. I like uh, company. That's a that's a hard first six or seven tracks on that mixtape. Okay. Yeah. That is a that yeah. is a hard. That's a very solid run. Very. Like, very you start with Legend. Like six, he, oh, uh, you in the six? I forgot about you in the six. Absolutely mm -hmm. love you in the six. You uh, uh, also, I love. Uh, I think Jungle is my favorite track, but. You definitely gotta, you know, Drake. Oh, I think, I think in almost every, every like 
I think almost every project Drake has released as to, to that I can think of, he always has one one track where he's just rapping, you know, where he's just mm-hmm. really rapping, rapping. And that's 6 p.m. in New York, man. man. Uh-huh. You back your age, not your girl's age? Man. Ooh. And then he starts dating Georgia Smith. You can't beat it with a stick. <laughs> he don't you can't beat it with he don't, he don't Well, funny how they turned out. Oh man. Play uh Too Fucking Young by Tyler Creator. Hey. <laughs> Play R. Kelly. <laughs> so, so, uh, that song became a uh that became the anthem of the industry. But all right. <laughs> Shout out to Quinn Miller. Keep your head keep your head up. Moving on to the next topic. We've had there's been some issues in the city of brotherly love. Joel Embiid has been placed in trade rumors. Yo. Uh they are the Sixers are not even a top four seed in the East. Yo. I think they're like either fifth or sixth at the very moment after being predicted to be the favorite to come out the East. They their uh, their defense, while has been some t- while at home has been one of the best defenses in the league, they have a losing record on the road, and their offense tends to stall a lot due to the fact that they have absolutely no shooting on the court alongside Embiid and Ben Simmons. Uh, with that being said, due to them having the shooting, Joel B has to resort to shooting from outside the three-point lane, and he hovers around there just so Ben Simmons can have a little bit more room to operate, but not a lot. This has caused me to feel that maybe these two just cannot fundamentally work together. Joel B is currently averaging 23 points, 12 rebounds. He's shooting 46% from the field as a center, shooting 33% from three, so he's not even really a good floor spacer, but he's shooting 81% from the free throw line. Do you guys think the answer is moving Joel Embiid? No, but I love to see you. <laughs> Man. I just love chaos, too. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I think Cord is like me. He's a big fan of chaos in the NBA. And the thing Sometimes is, he's like shit to happen just so it happens. And, and also, I'm a really big Joel Embiid fan, and I would love to see him like on – I just love to see him on another scene, honestly speaking. Because he's – I'd like to see him on – so I about to say, i just like to see him on a team where he can actually post up more often. Exactly. Because like he played – when he played against the Clippers after being chewed out by the media about how he's taking too many jumpers, he actually went and got in the post. And he thrived. And they moved – yeah, they, what's that dude? What's that dude named Ferk? Ferk Mop? Ferk Ferkum. Something like. Yeah, Ferkum. Something like. Ferkum. They actually moved him into starting. They moved him. They moved him into the starting lineup and sent Horford to the bench to get him a little bit more space on the court. And Embiid went crazy in the post. He's unstoppable, and that's and that's the, he's like one of the best post defenders we've seen in the past ten years. He's he's incredible, but. He can't do that all the time when there's no spacing on the court. And it'd be nice if he just had a team full of shooters. And he actually had a guard that could shoot so that he could run pick and roll. Because him and Ben Simmons can barely do pick and roll together. At all. Because teams would just sag off being. They'll just sag to the paint with Embiid. So it'd be nice to see that development. I don't really think that they have to move Joel Embiid. I've been, I've been in the room with – I've been in the room with thought that – you have two great players in Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. You need to find a coach who can make it work. And I just think Brett Brown has failed this team. I, I He hasn't been given the best hand due to Elton Brand ruining this team, trading away all the young shooters from Robert Covington Shammit. to Dario Sarri. That is the most reactionary team that I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah. Yes. Like, they deleted all the shooting – and now Brett Brown has to figure out a way to make it work. It's unfair on his part, but at this point, that's the reality of the situation. They have to figure out how to make it work. And with that being said, I think the next move has to be to try a new coach before you say, let's get rid of Joel and B, our gotcha. star, one of the prolific stars in the I mean, league. shit, not only that, he was he he's their crown jewel, you know, in the process, you know. That 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 whole yeah. time that you he know He was the process, yeah. You know, exactly. That whole time they were very he's the culture. Exa- exactly. You know, like that team. That team doesn't look the way it does without Joel Embiid. Um, I don't. I don't think. I don't think the the fan. Well, I mean, it's Philly, so you know, fan base always gonna be there. But I mean, you know, like you know, remember when Joel Embiid first started playing? You know, more consistently. You know, he was on Twitter. You know, everybody loves him. You know, everybody loves him talking his 
crap, you know, for the most part, backing it up, that type of stuff. If it's not for Joel Embiid, you know, Philly, Philly don't, the, Philly doesn't look like the team that they are. Yes, at their best. But I will say this though, their ceiling, their ceiling definitely it wouldn't be as high. But I'll say this: Ben Simmons has proved in the games that he has played with Embiid. Not even just this season. Embiid usually misses like a lot of games. games before the. He missed like ten games before the playoffs, like last year. They went on like a eleven to twelve game winning streak without him. And the same, I think they did it like two years in a row without him. I might be uh, wrong, but I know they definitely did it one year. They went on like a 13, 14 game winning streak with just Ben Simmons. They're like they're good with just Ben Simmons. And and if you think about if you make a mini ecosystem around Ben Simmons, kind of like they did with Giannis, where you have a bunch of shooters, defenders, and guys who can um, create their own shot here and there. Like that could be a very, very, very good team. Now, as good as like you know Giannis and the Bucks, but you could produce a very great team out of that. Especially if you have like an elite wing, maybe like a Gordon Hayward or maybe like a Paul George. If you got someone like that, like out of a deal for mm. Jordan B, yeah, you could do something special. Yes. Say, yeah. say that one more time. Uh, 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 maybe you get a Paul George in a deal for Joel and B. Yeah. Jerry, you listening? All right. <laughs> you listening, Jerry? Hey. I'm asking. I'm going to ask you this. Would y'all trade – one trade that popped up on Twitter that people arguing about I saw was uh, a possible destination being the Heat, simply because Jordan B posted a tweet uh, – no, he posted an Instagram photo saying that, uh, you know, living long enough to become a villain. And then Jimmy Butler commented on these pictures said, I know where villains are accepted. And then Jordan B said, damn right. So people started speculating that now Jordan B would be – Sent to the Heat at some point, maybe rather later. Would you trade Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero for Joel Embiid? God, yes. Yeah. A lot of people gave pushed back of that on Twitter, and I can understand. Oh, they were saying that, yeah, you know, he fans Embiid little Bam. A lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he, Bam. But, you know, Embiid gets hurt a lot. Bam's already an all-star, so you would have to think that he's only going to continue to get better. I, I personally don't see Bam ever being as good. At Joel Embiid at his best, uh, but he's great. And I think that yeah, he's good. He's very good. I think that that's a great trade for both teams. I agree. The Sixers would have a young player and a hero who can space the floor just like they need, and Bam, who can who looks like he has potential to be able to spa- be a floor spacer. And he's more of a power forward anyway. So I, uh, I think I think that would be very um, especially for the Sixers because you you look at Bam like you said Bam. Looks like he has potential to, you know, to be, you know, a threat to maybe shoot Not one. Do it all. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? To maybe shoot one, two, three a game, you know. But the, the thing the thing about Bam in contrast to Joel Embiid is that uh, Bam, he's a he's a rim runner. Like, he's, like, kind of, like, reminiscent to kind of, like, a, you know, a Clint Capella type, you know, at, you know, foot, mm-hmm. foot, you know that, that type of thing. So, I think that – He's a post Exactly. And, and, that, and that's the biggest reason why – um, ben Simmons and Joel Embiid always have their best games when they don't play without each other because the paint, like that's where both of them are better at, is in the paint. So if you if you take if you take uh, Ben if you take uh, Joel Embiid out of that equation and you add you know when you add a shooter and a guy who could uh, who could create his own shot in Tyler Hero and a guy like Bam who plays defense and he you know he runs the floor you know you can run some man you run a pick and roll with two six ten dudes and. Man, I'm telling man, and you just let. I mean, that's the thing, you know. You can pick and pop, you know. If he continues to to you know to you know work on his outside shot, that'd be a pick and pop, or you know, depending on what the defense does, that's a lob, or that's that's an easy dunk for Ben Simmons. Like that 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 would be a scary sight if if they were to get for Philly if they were to get something like that done. How about this though? I said, and what about Bradley Beal and Bertans or NB? I think that's a great idea. For, actually, I'm not sure. For because Philly. The thing is, if you're if you're Philly, you do get the younger. I think they're around the same age. They're close. Yeah. I think yeah, Beal's just a little bit older. So then you mean you get and be back, but then what do you have? Like you still you're still in the same situation you were before. You got a really good young star, but then you have a team that really is just don't have anything else to give. So you're still in the same situation. I don't think it moves the needle for the for the Wizards. They'll still be more or less the same kind of team. Not that good. It definitely, I think the uh, I think that's a great fit for the uh, the Sixers. Though I'm ask, let me ask you this. I thought you know the Celtics was a was a um, team I played around with. You know, potentially sending Gordon Hayward, maybe um, Jalen Brown in a deal that gets you uh, Joel Embiid 
and then on the opposite end, that team Ooh. the Sixers get a wing player. Tatum and B. That ain't fair. Yeah, Tatum and B. Then you know Ben Simmons going Hayward or Brown. Like that's that's a good duo too. But like I said, the Sixers yeah. definitely wouldn't do that, and they wouldn't they wouldn't give that much power to an Eastern Conference rival. So with that in, with that in mind, what about a deal centered around CJ McCollum and stuff for Joel and B and stuff <laughs> and stuff? Um, it had to be it had to be it had to be a lot of first round picks. Yeah, I was I was I was, I was gonna yeah. say I don't I don't I don't think Portland has any like tangible assets that Philly will want to give up Joel and B. Ah uh, man, well, I mean you could ben I Smith mean you can give Nurk and CJ. I don't I don't think that I don't think that pushes the needle enough. In my opinion. I want no, Dame I in the East. Now I think it would. I think that'd be a great uh Dame definitely is a floor raiser for, for sure. I think he's a ceiling raiser too. But like I said, if you got Ben Simmons on your team, he wants to be point guard, you don't really want Dame in the Ben Simmons backcourt. It doesn't really make sense. So he gotta be one for the other. Yeah. Well, I mean yeah. CJ CJ would definitely work better because he plays off ball. So I mean, like, in theory, I mean not saying that Dame can play off ball, but he's better with he's better playing with the ball in his hand. But I, I just I just don't I just don't think that I just don't think that's that's uh, I mean like it's a tangible deal, but I don't I don't think that's that's one that uh that Philly teams go yeah, for. I, I don't think that's I don't think I mean that's that's a deal that that you know Portland's taking all day, but I don't I don't think that's a deal that that Philly Philly would make. I don't I don't I don't I don't think that pushes the needle enough for them. I don't I don't think that's enough uh in return for a guy like Embiid, in my opinion. <laughs> I gotcha. Only if Embiid's demanded to go there would that would they be in a put in a situation where they have to accept something like that. Oh right. Oh right. wait. But we forget one. What about <laughs> what about Kyle Kuzma for Ben Simmons? <laughs> this guy. Hey Court, Court, turn off your PlayStation. Delete my play. I don't, nah, I don't I don't know Core. I think I think Philly had to get more. <laughs> also, you know, a lot of times people play with the idea of maybe moving Ben Simmons, but Ben Simmons just seems like, well, I don't, I just think he has a higher ceiling if he ever gets a jump shot. You know, we like to talk about potential, but sometimes players never reach it. I think he has a higher ceiling if he ever learns how to shoot. And maybe he doesn't even need to learn how to shoot. We look at what Giannis is doing. Well, not to that bad. You got to learn yeah, how to you shoot. Got Giannis to. is doing, hey, Giannis yeah. hit mid-range shots. Giannis actually takes mid-range shots. You got to be a so competent you get, you know, we're not asking him to be a sniper, but you, you got to be, a, you got to be somewhat of a threat. Yeah, but some people talk about possibly. Yeah, I see. That's exactly where I was going. People pl- used to play with the idea of maybe sending Ben Simmons to the Suns, getting the book for the uh, for the uh, Sixers. I, I don't, I, you know, I wouldn't be too mad at it. I wouldn't be too mad at it at all. I know I had to ask Cam about that. Can't be making trade talk like this Wait, without him on so, the podcast. So you said Ben right, right. Simmons for book or Embiid for book? Because then you had yeah, Ben uh, Ben Simmons for oh, book. Okay, okay. I was about to say okay. Yeah. Cause you know, you know they got a eight. Right, right. Like, yeah, you know. yeah, that, that, that's that's where my confusion rose, but I got you now. But all right, shout out to Phil. Shout out to Philly, though. Shout out to Embiid and Ben Simmons. Both are all at the All Star Weekend right now, as we speak. Two great players. Hopefully, they do figure it out because they're they're a very interesting team. I actually, for some odd reason, I think I watched them the third most behind like the Clippers and the Lakers. Uh, they just always happen to be on TV when I have free time to watch basketball. But all right, moving on to the next topic. Little Pump, one of Core's favorite rappers, said he quit rap. Damn. Yeah, he said he he said he quits. He got on. Uh, which you know, it's not all bad because the thing is, he's become like the brand ambassador for this cannabis company called what are they called? Uh, don't remember what they're called, but he's become the brand ambassador for a cannabis company, so he's making money. Nice. Like, he's making money. He's living nice. But he said he quit rap. And which made me think, make me come to a realization, or it makes it rose to question: is the color, you know, you know, like one point people saying, "I can't stand mumble rap." All these multicolored, dyed-haired rappers. Now with him retiring, it made me think, huh? I don't. Who? Who are? Are there any multicolored, dread-headed rappers really still running around? Has that era of mumble rap finally died? Court, what do you think about this? Man, it goes back to what I used to tell y'all about all them rappers two to three years ago. They are entertainers, not rappers. They make rap music, but with the way that they live, the way that they brand is, they more like social media influencers. And my whole thing was when they get tired of making music, 
They got a billion other things to do. And now we seeing it. Now I ain't saying they the best at it. I mean, because if you look at somebody like Lil Yachty, he still make music, but now he doing movies. He's trying to get into acting. People like Lil Pump. He doing social media. You know what I'm saying? Like, like they all yeah. kind of had like a, they all kind of had like a backup plan, like low key. Yeah, and so that's why for me, when they had they run, I never felt like, oh, it's going to be 10 years from now, they're going to be doing this, or five years from now, they're going to be doing it. I feel like two or three of them will still going to be here, but the rest of them is going to find something else to do. I think the only person that who not doing nothing, I think Lil Zan like the only person who's not doing nothing. That's because he just suck. Yeah. Yeah, he don't really have to be. Don't be real. I used to defend all the multicolor rappers. When Lil Zan came out, I said, nah, him, him, I don't know what to do. <laughs> I don't claim that. That's where you drew the line. That's what you do. I ain't mad at it. I ain't mad at it. I'm going to tell you, Corey, I do agree with you with the whole they're entertainers, not rappers. I mean, that used to be my whole thing in the past. I was like, uh, I mean, I guess it's a subgenre rap, but they don't really take rap seriously. It just seems yeah. like a side project to them. So that's my that was my problem. You know, the guy who loves rap and the, I want the people I listen to that love rap too. So yeah, it, it seems like Mumble Rap is dead. Delon, do you think so? Um, I think what happened is uh now core bear with me for these five seconds. Uh you too, John. Right. I think that all of the power energy that the mumble rap era had was uh. dro not dro- was sucked into Playboy Cardi and he put a little bit more <laughs> skill and finesse into it. I feel you. And now Playboy Cardi is actually doing that genre but well. Instead of doing it a lot, goat talk. I'm gonna say this. He, okay, I'm, I'm gonna say this. In his defense, he he kind of was the pioneer for that. Low key, like I'm, I'm gonna like when we were talking about like I remember people talking about Playboy Cardi like in 2013. Like he was one of them SoundCloud rappers that everybody was like he was one of the first, but everybody else just kind of blew up and he took his time to make his music. We, I I, I know what sounds kind of crazy is going people think about Cardi music. Yeah, nobody. He, 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 you get what I'm saying? Like, like, like even like, yeah, even like right man. now, we've been waiting like a whole year and some change for his album. Yeah, exactly. Like, we've been waiting, waiting for a hot little minute. But Carter, he like when Pump came out, when Yachty came out, Playboy Carter was he was already there. He was already like one of the SoundCloud demigods, basically. Yeah. But he just took his time, and when he finally dropped the hit, he blew up, and he was like, "Yeah, I'm." I'll be back in two years. <laughs> you know, he came back with the second album and he left again. And Cardi's the only one who makes that type of music or raps that kind of way, who Dude. doesn't oversaturate, who actually has a lot of these dudes just get any beat, like y'all like random people yeah, just send me beat and just go. But Cardi yeah. actually, even when I don't like his rapping on songs, the, the you can beat. tell either the beat was quality, the beat was crafted, or there was an idea. Hey man, and I'm telling you what, and people anticipate this music too. Playboy, yeah. Playboy has Ooh. a phenomenal ear for for beats, man. In my opinion, yes, I think does. he, I, some some of the like you know in in that like genre, you know, like mumble rap. I think some some of the best beats I've had I've heard, you know, um, come come from a Cardi's camp. Like he 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 knows what he wants when when he's when he's in the studio. Like he he knows. He knows exactly what type what type of vibe he's going for. He knows exactly what what you know he's trying to get across, and he knows who to call. And you know, and him and I love I love Pierre. Him and Pierre work so well together. Like him, and Pierre, like they 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 make they make good music. I'm gonna say what well, you're definitely right, but his beats aren't just you know the best amongst the mumble mumble rap crowd. I say just like he has some of the best production in rap. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. no, I, I definitely so much so good. So good that I wish he didn't have those beats. Man, <laughs> we're not gonna disrespect man. the goat like that. I just had to be, my, I just had to be my honest. Tell me, hurt, man. Come on, you say that made my stomach hurt. <laughs> my stomach hurt. Me, my stomach hurt. Hey, and who, right. else, who, who so, else do you know can rap? He can rap like he don't rap words, man. He rap vibes, man. You can't. Uh, all right, you, you, can't, you, yes, can't you can't even enunciate. You can't even enunciate what the. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, Carter told us. He said, "Man, he bought his mumble crib off that mumble shit." He he told us then what time it was. Hey. Carter rap. Hey, Carter raps. Carter raps like you hit that button and on your keyboard, and it just 
you go from the letters only to like mm-hmm. the periods, exclamation points, the forward slash, backslash. And it's like he types, <laughs> he types it. Man. Cardi Don't raps like a, like a baby that don't quite got his teeth yet. Hey. Damn. <laughs> y'all, y'all know how the little, y'all know how the little breaking news be sounding. <laughs> <laughs> the boy rap like that, man. That boy, yes. boy, boy rapping right. the Morse code. You love to see it. You love to see yeah. it. All right. All oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Ask the Uzi, though. Who we forget? Uzi. Oh, yeah. I mean, Uzi. Uzi is Uzi make music still? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. music still? I, don't, I don't even know, to be honest. Ask me that drama. Yeah, you know, actually, hey, I'll take back circle. what I said earlier. DJ Drama is a super villain. Man. Wait. Hey, Joe, hey, Joe hold up, fan. You let me defend DJ Drama? I forgot I hate DJ Drama. That's crazy. I, I thought you remember. I, I'm glad you remember now. Right that's even right side of Justice Court. I'm sorry, I stopped podcasting. Oh, man, DJ Drama been wrong. What's wrong with me? All right. All right, so now it's time for the top five segment where basically I'm going to give five people in a single category and then I want the rest of the podcast to tell me if the person we've been discussing belongs in the top five. So the person in question is Little Pump. The category is top five Harvard dropout. Mm. So we have <laughs> we have Bill Gates. Okay. We have Mark Zuckerberg, Ooh. the creator of oh. Facebook. All right, all right. We have Robert. We have Robert Frost, the poet that wrote hey. the Not Taken. That's a classic. We have Matthew Damon. What? Matt Damon? That. Yes, Matt Damon. Harvard? I not know that. Yeah, Harvard dropout. Yeah. And then we have Elizabeth Shue, who starred in Karate Kid and Back to the Futures. He top five. He is, is little, is little pump he top, top five. five. He top five, he man. Five. He, 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 he got that five spot. He, he, he got that five Wait. spot. Wait. Got, Wait, well, hold on. Yeah, was Elizabeth Shue Marty's mom? Was that Marty's mom? Or was it the girlfriend? Ollie? I think it was Ollie. Whichever one Ollie's name was, I forgot. Oh, no, no. She ain't top five. If you pump. If listen, it was the listen, one, she would have been top five. Robert, Robert Frost may have the road less traveled, but he does not. He does not have um, I Love It featuring Kanye West. These are facts. big facts. He does not have Gucci gang. He's not, he does not have Eskidit. He does not have Eskidit. You know, are y'all still making a case for Lil Pump? Yeah. Lil we we got to get Lil Pump his flowers, though. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on. Hey, yo, Breezy. Okay, you got it. You got it. You got it. All right. Okay. Okay, here we go. Moving on to next. Okay, hold on. What was the next topic? Did I delete it? Yeah, I deleted it. We finna free ball? No, I got it. <laughs> Moving on to the next topic. <laughs> Zion Williamson has been dominating in his, in his limited minutes on the court. Zion Williamson is currently averaging 22 points a game, 7 rebounds a game, shooting 57% from the field. Uh, When he's on the court, the Pelicans have 114 offensive rating, 102 defensive rating for a net rating of 12.8. But when he comes off the court, the Pelicans offense becomes significantly worse. I mean, the Pelicans defense becomes significantly worse. And the net, the Pelicans net rating with him off the floor is a negative three. He has been immensely impactful in his first 10 games in the league already as the Pelicans push for the AC, which I don't believe they'll get. I think it's just too far out at this point. But it's it's very cool to see how 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 um, impactful Zion has been already. So my question is this. Are these numbers showing that, it, that, showing that Zion is a high-impact player real? Or is this something that's not, you know, is this... Something that can't be sustained and actually not all that true. Oh, uh, uh, man, get them boys a little nigga. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> say what court? Get them boards up. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, he's averaging around seven for somebody that's nah, like what man. six foot six. Nigga, two eighty. We need eleven. Come on now. <laughs> I mean, he he isn't. He isn't playing starting minutes yet. 
he ain't playing starting minutes yet. So like per thirty six, I'm sure he's averaging close to like. I mean, and pounds. also, and also to the point that the fact he's two eighty, those rebounds that he's not getting, he definitely boxing out. Yes. Jesus. Yes, he is. He is definitely putting his body on bigger. Hey man, veteran players and Zion box I got to be different. Man, hey, he said y'all gonna y'all gonna feel me. I'm gonna say when he was manhandling um, Stephen Adams the other night, just pushing him out the way. Stephen Adams, Adams was a big exactly. man. Stephen, Stephen Adams, that, that's yeah. a brick wall right there. Stephen what? Adams, yes, that's legit the strongest center in the NBA right on my. That nigga moved. He, <laughs> he at least top three. He, he got to be top three. <laughs> There's a lot you know? of players who try to move Stephen and Adams and, and they hate. He don't budge. Zion looked like he was playing shuffleboard with Stephen Adams' body. God, Jesus. like like Stephen Adams was underneath the goal with him. Zion went up. Stephen Adams ended up behind the goal. He didn't fall, but he was like behind Yeesh. the goal while, hey, while Zion was going up. If you body in Stephen Adams, nah, bro, he got to average fourteen now. He can. I, mean, I think I'm saying he's gonna average fourteen, but he's capable of averaging a yeah, double double. He, he he's just, just going to once he, he gets those minutes and once he's you know not on a restriction like like next year. I think next year he gonna he gonna average probably 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 like. He's gonna average pretty close to twenty and ten, depending on depending on what the, the rest of the team looks like, depending if they moved uh Drew, yeah, he might Drew be or not. You, hey, the, uh, what was that what was that uh what was his nickname? The round pound the mound or round mound or rebound. Yeah. He's gonna be dead. He can jump though. Most definitely he can jump though. Yeah. I don't like Barkley, but he our Barkley wasn't as athletic. And play defense. Yeah, he's only averaging twenty seven minutes exactly. on the court. That's it. So I'm gonna say this, like I think this is all sustainable for the simple fact that I, I remember a fellow Clippers fan, the LA Clippers film room, he brought this up on uh Twitter that when he when he first saw Zion coming to the league, he said Montrez Harrell off a of pure motor and off a of pure energy can get you 19 points a game. Facts. I don't see why Zion Wilson, who's really much the same size in terms of height, but bigger and stronger. And a lot more athletic can't get you the same amount of production easily. And he's so far he's been right. He's he's getting the, he's getting off a high effort motor. He's getting a lot of putbacks and uh, easy buckets at the rim. And it's not all easy. It's like a lot of times he'll catch it in the mid post or catch it on the block, and he'll just do one move, like on King of the Hill. He'll just do one move, get around the the whatever power forward center is guarding him, and then go and then rise up, and they can't stop him. He's just too quick. For them to stop, this is. I feel like the production he put up is easily sustainable. Uh, he isn't doing anything crazy like John Morant, who just tries to dunk over 18 people at once. Like a lot of his stuff isn't like super high impactful. I don't like in terms of like on his knees. So I don't think that. Um, I really don't think his style of play. Well, I don't think his style of play is too much problem. To be honest with you, like I don't think there's anything he's doing now that he needs to cut out of his game to prevent injury. I think he just needs to keep stringing together more games and just keep getting his conditioning under him. The only thing that I see a problem right now is he's averaging like three turnovers a game, which he doesn't really handle the ball that much. I ain't bad, now, I mean, for someone who doesn't handle the ball that much, I'm kind of confused yeah. why he has three turnovers a game, especially if he played only like 27 minutes, averaging only like two assists. That might, I don't know if that's all smoke and mirrors. That might not be anything, but that's something. That's the only weird thing I've noticed out of his stats that he needs to do better. Um... What do you guys like the most about his game? Uh, I, I, I love the fact that he, um, you know, for, for, for a lot of guys, uh, you know, especially, I mean, I guess it, it's mostly with guards, but a lot of guys, they have to adjust to, like, the speed of the game and kind of, like, have to, like, change the way they played in college or, you know, wherever they played mm-hmm. at before. I love the fact that, mm-hmm. that he, the, the fact that at Duke and in high school, he looked like, a man among boys and the fact that he still looks like a man uh, among boys playing against grown men like he has not changed the way that he's played you know um for, for the most part like he's he's still he's still doing um he's he's still doing whatever he wants to be honest like if if Zion Zion wants wants a rebound he's going to get a rebound if he wants to he wants to score in the paint he's going to score in the paint like i i just i just love the fact that um i, I don't know if it's IQ or if it's just the fact uh, or I don't I don't know if it's the way the team is built, or I don't know if it's just the fact that he's just that incredible of an athlete that you know. But whatever it is, man, I I just love to see that he hasn't had to um, he hasn't had to you know he he just came he just came in he just he just picked up right where he left off from Duke to be honest and and from summer league and preseason 
I'm going to say I have to agree with that sentiment because of the simple fact that a lot of players come into, as you say, and they let the league dictate what they do. But, you know, as a transcendent player, we think Zion is, he realizes that I could do what I want. Mm-hmm. And while I do think it's important that he gets a jumper in this game, he shoots threes in the future, he isn't forcing the issue. He's taking a couple. He's really only, I think he's only taking like 10. So he's taking one a game um, over those past 10 games. But he's not forcing the issue. And he's really just sticking to what he knows for right now and getting it done and being productive. You can't ask more than that. I mean, he was shoot, he was shooting that whole his first game. He went like five for five, like his first game. Yeah, but he's crazy. Yeah. So that's the thing about it. he shot five in the first game. He shot ten in the last ten games. So you, you do the math. He oh, really haven't been shooting them since. Right. So he's gonna so he's, so he's going some games without shooting any. I mean, but so but, but, the, but at the same time, like that's especially especially from a guy who's not a shooter. That's kind of like what you want like you don't like you said you know he's not forcing the issue he's not yeah you know, just attempted exactly yeah. exactly so it's like you know when he's feeling it he, he, don't, he gonna let him go like if he's feeling it he he gonna he gonna let it fly but he he knows that sometimes it's just it's just not a good shooting night so he's just gonna do whatever else he can to to uh, exactly to do what he's gotta do exactly you know what so I like? Zion what's you like I'm a huge fan of the snatch rebounds. Man. I was I remember he did it. I, I seen him do it in summer league and I I was one of the doubt. I was like, ah man, that's summer league. He ain't gonna do it in the league. Man, he did that to Giannis. When I seen that little clip, I said, Oh. Cause Giannis is one of them players who's a super freak athlete. I think we all know that somebody to have for somebody who, who's able to jump high enough to get on the same level as Giannis. To snatch the ball out of he gonna run the league, man. I'm gonna say this too, cause hey. like going back to what John said, a lot of people felt like his the, his production was a product of him just being bigger than everybody. So it's just good to see that it's not just it, part of it is he's still bigger and stronger than a lot of people. It's just crazy to think that he's bigger, stronger than a lot of people in the NBA. Professional. So it's also good to see that. Yeah, it's also but it's also good to see that his game isn't predicated solely on just being bigger than everybody else. Thanks. Like he's still, because even though he's not technically, I don't think he's technically bigger than um, Stephen Adams. He's still finding ways to score around him and over him. But shout out to um, Zion, who's also at the All Star Weekend. He played in the Rising um, Stars Challenge and bent the goal on a dunk. I yeah, don't man. know exactly how. Yeah, freaking nature, man. Freaking nature. <laughs> Moving on to the next topic, I wanted to talk to you guys about your musical slash basketball doppelgangers. And now, maybe athletes or musicians that you've been told you look alike. And if not that, who are musicians or athletes you feel like you relate to the most? I know if Jaquez was here, we all would joke that his um, basketball spirit animal <laughs> is Kyle Lowry uh, or Raymond Felton, <laughs> aka Kyle, <Cal, laughs> aka Kyle Felton. Yo, <laughs> yo, y'all not Raymond I, Lowry. Y'all, y'all not do my boy Jaquez like that. That's hilarious. No, they, this, this, the way he hoops is the same way as them two. That is fair. That's, that's that is fair. I, I've, I've seen, I mean, Jack Lewis hoop last week, so. Uh, uh, he, 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 yeah, he be hooping, though. I ain't gonna hold you up there. That boy be hooping. Yeah. Yes. So that's, 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 that was his doppelganger. Uh, for myself, in terms of, uh, I think the only, the only person I ever said, I found the only celebrities slash musician I've ever said, people on, found, Tons with it. The only musician that anybody's ever said looked like was Nick Cannon. That's about <laughs> it. <laughs> Nick Cannon. Oh, Niggas told me Nick. I've had multiple people tell me I look like Nick Cannon. Uh, this ain't the time for that. No, it's not. It's not. Uh, in terms of like, as far as like music, who I relate to the most. Mm, I think at one point it used to be Childish Gambino. At one point, but that was that was a cringe era. Yeah, I was about to yeah, say. I was, I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. There was there there were moments where things things that Charles Gabino said, I was like, okay, I feel that I've been there. Uh, but the crazy thing is, I feel like I relate to last of Kendrick Lamar says more so from not from a literal standpoint, but like the how he addressed peer pressure and how he was around a lot of bad things, but then ch- found his way from it. Yeah, rolls from it in situations like that, and then succumb to his um environment. I was related to that, and I was felt I found that re- pretty relatable. And humble, humble beginnings, put it like that. Uh, what about you, Delon? Yep, yeah, any doppelgangers or 
who's somebody musician or basketball player you feel like you relate to the most? Man, white people love telling me I look like Khalid. <laughs> which annoys me because I had the haircut first. And that's yes, what bothers yes. me. Like Khalid look like me. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's number one. Different artists you feel like you relate to like a lot more than others? Uh, yeah, uh, Benny the Butcher because you know my youth, I just always used to uh, move. The- <laughs> hey, the butcher coming, nigga. The butcher is coming. Uh, yeah, uh, not current. To be honest, not currently. Uh, not really mm-hmm. niggas that make music or music that they're making now. Um, mm-hmm. probably, probably Wale, probably mm-hmm. uh, probably Big Sean when he's not being the corniest. When yeah. just being that super relatable talk, but you know, most of the music I listen to these days isn't the most uh, relatable. Nah, I hundred percent agree. I, I feel I'm the exact same way myself. Yeah. Uh, what about you, John? Man, sick Lee. Uh, bro, I've gotten, I've gotten. So... Hey, Jordan, I caught that. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Jordan, I caught that. <laughs> you caught what? <laughs> I do too. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. I was gonna say that. Yeah. Okay. So, what were you about to say, John? Man, any, uh, I've, I've gotten a couple, like, in my opinion, like, blasphemous, um, doppelgangers music wise man <laughs> bro this this one dude i hoop with at the gym uh this man told me i look like ugly god bro i didn't go to oh the gym my for, god. i didn't go to the gym for, man. I, didn't, I didn't go to the gym for two weeks bro oh i didn't go to the gym god. for two weeks bro i, I was like, outside god man, I, man i was i was so hurt bro um this one girl at the bar told oh, me told me i look like uh chance the rapper so i was like <laughs> like <laughs> Well, they just shooting out. They just man, I'm telling you from the hip, bro. Shooting from the hip, bro. Uh, my my one of my best friends, his mom told me I look like a dark skinned Chris Brown. Uh, that's crazy. And then I used to work at the mall, and this one lady told me I look like Jason Derulo. Jason Derulo. Man, like I'm look, telling you, and all none of them look the same. That's what I'm no, saying. No, none of them. None, none of them niggas look the same. <laughs> but I look like Nig- all of them apparently, bro. Like not- nigga said, Chance rapper Chris Brown, a dark skin Chris, Chris Brown, ugly guy, ugly guy, and Jason Derulo. Man, so that, that those. Somebody, somebody, what's that? Oh, shit. I'm about to say, somebody <laughs> said I look like Trey Songz once. I forgot about that. <laughs> this right I here, like, <laughs> but anyway. And then um, I can't I can't think of anybody that I've gotten that like I look I look like uh, basketball wise, but I've gotten uh, like play style. I've gotten I've gotten Chris Paul because um, because I like I like the um, yeah, yeah I, I like I like I like to run like half court sets when I'm hooping. Um, and then so I, I guess sometimes I hold the ball a little bit too long. But in my defense, <laughs> in my defense, I'm not holding. That's the, not like Chris. I'm not holding the ball too long. These niggas not moving. They staring oh, at me. Dribble ball. Like go back door. Like come you on, the man. worst type of nigga, <laughs> bro. I'm just. But see, but see, but see, John who John who with the white guys. And you know they all about ball movement. So he's he's that's probably what he's accustomed to. Facts. When I when I start hooping, you know what? I, I ain't gonna say it. Uh, don't say it. <laughs> and I've also gotten. Uh, say, I'm basketball got IQ because you know I just kind of like. Uh, I, I like move around, like play defense, and you know, like this. I do, I do a little bit of everything. I'm a jack of all trades type of. Like I'm not, I'm not like exceptional at one thing. I'm just like pretty solid at like a lot of things. So that's my that's my game too. To be honest with you, I'm I play because I because of my high school, everybody is short there, mm-hmm. and because I was never that great of a shooter, but because I had extremely high hops and I had like I have a pretty long wingspan. They put me at the four, <laughs> so I put like a, I played a high energy four as like five eight five nine. We'll see it. And I used to get I, I used to guard people a lot bigger than me, and I used to get boys and everything and finish around the rim. Like I was I, I was able to do it. Yeah. I'm also pretty good at passing and stuff because you know I was a guard right. for most of my life. But I just I just can't shoot though. So yeah, Draymond. <laughs> so Draymond. Uh, yeah. Also, John, it's also funny because you uh you say 
that people say you look like five different people. I'll have to admit to you right now. Every time I see a new picture of you, you don't look like the person I saw in the last picture. <laughs> That's true. You do look that is fat. Uh, I'm a chameleon. You do look different every time I see you. Hey man. Hey, gotta gotta keep niggas on these on their toes, you know what I'm saying? Hey, real G real G's move uh, in silence like lasagna. You feel me? That's what they say. Yeah, yeah. That's what that is. That is indeed what they say. Yeah, I'm, the, I'm, the, I'm the embodiment of that. Cord, who is your basketball slash music doppelganger, or who do you relate to the most? Uh, in elementary school, I got Fat Joe a lot. In college, I got a lot of McConan. I had a high school teacher who told me I look like Sinbad, and I had no clue who Sinbad was. I went home and did the Google search, and I was like, bro, I got to fight my teacher, man. You got to square up. You got to square up. Yes, facts. She was like, do you know who Sinbad is? I was like, I don't know who that is. The pirate? And she was like, no, he's a comedian. Who is Sinbad? I'm like, bro, this is just some white skin dude. No, you know, it's even funnier. It's a day and age in which he was told this. He was told, who, you know, today somebody said, you look like Sinbad, you just Google it. Nigga had to sit there all day wondering who Sinbad was. Until we got home. Right, right, right. Like, what is Sinbad? She was like, man, this Google Sinbad. It was like, cool, man. Come look, come look at this nigga. Y'all like, oh man, she did me dirty, man. And she really called me Sinbad. I'm trying to see, but if I'm talking basketball doppelganger, you saw it. Oh, that's I said, just funny. But nah, man, basketball doppelganger, man. Niggas call me Tim Duncan, fam. Like I ain't about all that much, but whenever I did, all I did was hit. Shot mid range shot. It's like the whole time and get rebounds in the field. That's all I did. I ain't even attempt to shoot threes. Come my arms are big, short. The, the, the big fundamental. I, I folks with a core. The big fundamental. So I'm over it. Like we, so we, I just be out there sitting screens and just smacking the backboard with shots. Delon, you said you actually have a basketball doppelganger in terms of how you look. Yeah, man. Well, not how I look, uh, how I play. Because oh, okay, uh, how you play. me and Jordan played on instrumental basketball team once. And Jordan, if you remember, I will say not entirely, but I'll say Chris Paul a little bit because the entire time I'm bringing the ball to the court, yelling at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> the entire time, I'm like, I'm like coaching for like while we're walking to the floor. Hey, you go there, yeah, just yelling at every single person. Like I imagine Chris Paul does why everyone hates him. Yeah, but the thing is, Delon, we didn't hate you though. We did. We appreciate your floor general. No, hey man, that, that's another thing I just thought about with the for me the whole Chris Paul thing. The, the same thing that Delon said too. But I know when uh, when me and some buddies when we play uh we play like in like some uh, rec leagues, man, those refs be they be making me mad, bro. I be going Chris Paul on them refs, bro. I be I be you get, I be yamming. You ever got you flopping? You ever nah, got I'll tick? be flopping. No, nah, I, I haven't got. I haven't got a tick yet. But they they be looking like they yeah, want to team me up. But man, I be like, I be like, this is ridiculous. You know, I I be fed up. I be fed up. Niggas be like, why Chance the Rapper yelling at me? Man, that ain't Christ like. Man, that ain't God like. I'm sorry, man. I gotta go back to loving Word my Kanye. Uh, loving my life and riding a bike. There you go. <laughs> All right. Call back. But that's it for that topic. Uh, we only have one topic left, and this was a topic. It was like a mini topic we had inside the group chat. It was me, John, Cam, and Jacquez. I hate they couldn't join in on this, but we were talking about the coach of the year race and who we believe is the best coach in the league. And we was mostly stuck in between uh, Mike Budenholzer for the Bucks, uh, Mike um, Eric Spolster for the Miami Heat. I think we were also debating Brad Stevens from the Celtics, and I know oh Nick Nurse from the yeah Nick Nurse Raptors. Yeah. John, who did you say you thought was the best one out of those four? I said I said Nick Nurse. I said I said for me it was down to uh, Nick Nurse and uh, Bud. Um, for me, one I'm a little biased, uh, you know, Bucks and four, but uh, for me, Bud uh, Bud's Ooh. case is mainly uh, how well. Uh, that team has played um, in the rare uh, instances where Giannis has not played. And also the fact that Giannis, I think he averages just 30 or just below 30 minutes a game. And like, they're, they're like often like they're combined, like offensive and defensive, uh, defensive rating is still like pretty darn high for them not to have not only their best player, but one of the best players in the league, both on both sides of the ball. So I, I just think it's kind of, 
um, I mean, one, you know, it's definitely the players too, but I think it's just the way that um, that Bud, you know, sets up the scheme and sets up uh, certain guys, you know, to pick their spots, both offensive and de defensively, is the reason why they're successful. And for me, Nick Nurse, um, mainly because you you win the championship with Kawhi, and um, you know, everybody's like, you know, they're still going to be a good team, but you know, they're probably going to be, you know, five, six, seven seed. And now they're what the second best team in uh, in the East, and the East, and, and they yes. just went on a what a fourteen game winning streak, um, mm -hmm. and, and they have two all stars. So I think I think Nick Nurse has done. I thought he did a crazy, ridiculous, good job last year too. But you know that was having one of the best players in the league. Now now you know he has you know other really good really good players. You know all stars on his team, but they're you know they're still as good as they were last year so i think i think nick nurse has done a heck of a job in only what his second or third year um in toronto yes you I, you pretty much said everything i wanted to say on it on that topic in terms yeah. of because but i think i saw something that said the bucks are like a pot they, their win differential i think when Giannis sits not when he's like you know not in game not after you come off the court but i'm saying like in games that Giannis does not play the Bucks have a win differential of like 16 points. Like they win by 16, even in games where Giannis does not play. Like they're that's a ridiculous. Like as far as like star-studded talent and start of like people, like people don't really try to say they don't see Chris Middleton as a star or Eric Bledsoe as a star. People laugh with Giannis said that he should be an all-star too. Kind of like you know how Draymond Green got an all-star nod from being on the number one team that was like trending towards having the best record in the league. Uh, now he averaged a triple single. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, like, that team does so much even without Giannis. Like, that team is great. That team is transcendent because Giannis, but they are great without him. And I think that's that, that should get more credit. And those players should get more credit as well as Coach Bush should get more credit for creating a system. Because think about it. Uh, how good do you guys think the Rockets would be Do you think if they didn't have James Harden on the court? Not very good. If it was – you see what I'm saying? And let's say, like, it's a couple teams I would do this for. Like, if you take their best player off the court, they wouldn't be just as good or or near, near or even great they without would, their they best player. They would fall off hard. Yeah. Like, their team is not dependent on Giannis, which is great. Because a lot of times, teams that are built like they are are usually just so dependent on the star, they can't function without them. Even, like, the Lakers. The Lakers have, like, a negative net rating on LeBron sits. And that's with Anthony Davis. They haven't figured out how to. It was yeah, but you would think with the team with somebody as good as Anthony Davis, but then again, they had Kyrie and Kevin Love, and then games where LeBron didn't play, or even when LeBron sat, Kyrie and Love good. still had it. Still wasn't good without LeBron. It's it's it's, it's a conundrum. But like I said, that's 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 a great testament to how good the Bucks have been, Coach Bud has been, how good Giannis has been, and shout out to Nick Nurse, shout out to Terrence Davis, Ole Miss, hey right there. Haven legend hooping on our behalf over here in Mississippi. We know we know we love to see it. Nick Nurse has done a great job after losing Kawhi Leonard and uh replacing his production with all of these smaller guys and it's and building a culture. Like, if you don't compete for the Raptors, you don't play. And he, he let them know during the summer. Remember, we talked about how Stanley, I don't think Stanley Johnson has played for them. Is he even on that team still? Yes. Uh, I ain't seen him on the court. Nah, exactly. He because Nick Nurse said Nurse had them words. <laughs> yeah, Nurse said earlier this summer that if you don't buy into what we're doing, if you don't defend, you ain't gonna see the court. He said, I don't care about offense. If you don't defend, you ain't gonna see the court. And that Raptors team defends like hell. Like they'll do, they'll do full court press towards the end of the game. Like they'll just pick you up full court, and they and they'll make you turn the ball over. Like they are good, man. They're so good. Shout out to Brad Stevens though for doing such a good job. And shout out to Eric Spolcher. But I think those two we just name are the best coaches this year. Yeah, man. It's, it's, all right. It's That's all I got. You guys have any closing thoughts? Oh, yeah. You feel me, man? Shout out to Nick Nurse. But Kawhi left for Nurse for a doctor. Just let me know. <laughs> Bars. Mm. Bars. That's a bar core. Uh, I, uh, I need, I need y'all to stream, you know, my, my projects. I need y'all to stream the big day. I need y'all to stream bumps and bruises. <laughs> I need y'all to stream, uh, you know what I'm saying? You know, all that, all, all that stuff, you know what I'm saying? Shout, shout out all my releases, you know? I'm going to see if I can Photoshop a three hat on your head now. I'm going to see if I can do that. <laughs> I, I might I might make that the cover. <laughs> if I can do stream, it. Uh, stream El Plateau A Plomo. 
Stream Drink More Water 1 through 15. I can name a Khalid album if I tried. I can't either. Yeah, I, I can't name a Khalid song. Mm. Damn. <laughs> that nigga still sing? Yeah. Oh, so, something like Sun, that. Sun City. I, I think that was his last one, Sun City or something like that. That shit sounds. It was something like that. It sounds like a Khalid song. Wait, a lot too. Right, before we go, before, what, what we streaming for you? Jigolo, Jigolo. Oh, Jiggle. 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 You are a white man and black people. <laughs> bars. Drawing with them bars, yeah. Yes, sir. <laughs> all right. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of Pop of the Man podcast. Tune in next week for another episode of your favorite podcast. See you then. Peace.